Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike, and tonight I have a statement from Stan Bowman. He has finally said something. Um, there is an article on the Chicago Blackhawks website that I'm going to read from, but um, it's some things that he had to say in general about a few topics that have been been needing statements from somebody from the organization. He talks about Jonathan Taves. He talks about the um, a brief statement on the allegations. And I'm going to get right into it. But before I do, do it to me a favor, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future podcast. And uh, we we and give me some some feedback on Twitter. Uh, message me on Twitter. Love talking to you. Matt loves talking to you guys. And um, I'm going to get right into it. So his opening remarks were, I know we have a lot to cover today, but I wanted to start things off by taking talking about the allegations against the Blackhawks and the two pending lawsuits. I'm going to start by saying the Blackhawks organization takes these allegations very seriously. It's important for me to stay off of the top, say off of the top that I do not condone or tolerate harassment or assault of any type. As you know, the, the Blackhawks have engaged an outside legal firm to conduct an independent review of these allegations, and we need to give the experts the necessary time and the latitude to do their job. I understand that many of you will have questions on this topic, and there will be time to answer those. I'm eager to speak about this in more detail in the future, but for now I have to respect the pending litigation and independent reviews that's underway. I'm not going to be able to make any comments on that at this time. We have to let the process play itself out. Now, there's two things here. Um, number one, the Blackhawks hired this legal team. Yes, they are an, an outside. Uh, it, this is an outside independent review, but they're on the books from the Blackhawks. So you wonder how, you know, how down the middle are they going to be? You know, are they going to be more on the Blackhawks side because they're the ones cutting the checks to them? Or are they going to do the right thing and, and and do an honest and fair assessment, you know? And I think that it would be better if the NHL was actually the one footing the bill and and doing the investigation instead of the Blackhawks hiring a firm to do so. At least that's my take on it. Um, and he really didn't have anything else to say about it, uh, other, you know, other than that, which, which makes me beg to believe is that Maybe the Blackhawks and you know th- this could be happening. Could be looking for a way so that legally they're not bound or responsible to the things that actually happened uh, with the sexual harassment allegations. But at the same time, they're guilty for not doing something about it as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And, 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 and how it comes about. A lot of people have opinions on this and, um, and it's really, it's really unfortunate that, uh, that we've got to be going through this. So moving on, he makes a statement about Jen- Jonathan Taves and his returning to skating. We haven't had the chance to talk since Jonathan returned to the team. I had a chance to meet with Jonathan two days ago. We spent some time together. First off, it was great to see him in person. When this all started back probably six or seven months ago, I had a conversation with Jonathan and he indicated that he wasn't able to be at our training camp. We didn't know where this was going or how long he was going to be away from the team. The first and foremost thing was really concerned about him as a person and taking the hockey part out of it. He's back with us now. It's nice to see he's back on the ice a little bit, but that's not really my focus. 
in our talk the other day. It was good just to catch up on things and learn what he's been through. For me, that's the big thing is focusing on Jonathan getting back to feeling great. When the time is right and when he's able to join our team, we're certainly going to welcome him back. He's a big part of the group here. and Just seeing him here daily, training with the guys has been a lot of fun. Now, here's two things to take away from this. He mentions, when the time is right and when he's able to join our team, we're certainly going to welcome him back. So is he back or is he not back? You know, and then the very next sentence after that, he's a big part of the group here and just seeing him here daily training with the guys has been a lot of fun. It just seems like these two sentences just don't line up for me. You know, is, is, is he back or not back? Uh, which is what I think a lot of people want to know. We want to know if, if Johnny's going to be starting, you know, training camp with everybody and, and able to play. So, uh, you know, I guess we could take it with a grain of salt because he practically made two different statements there that didn't line up. So we'll t- we'll um, we'll see what happens. Moving on, he makes a statement about Duncan Keith, and it's true about him wanting to be closer to his son. This is what Stan Bowman has to say. I have so many memories of Duncan as a Blackhawk. I think we all think about his contributions to the team's Norris trophies being the Conn Smythe winner and all those accolades. But for me, the one thing I appreciate the most is his love for the game of hockey and sharing it with his son. Colton is a big part of Duncan's life. I remember a couple times during the season, Duncan and I would spend half an hour talking about what it's like. He sees my kids around the rink quite a bit, and he would ask me questions about how it was when they were little. And you could tell he was starting to really get into it. Only once this year, Colton was able to come and visit, and I just remember how much that meant to Duncan. So when I got the call a couple weeks ago, and they asked if we would consider trying to find a place so he could be closer to Colton, it was hard It was hard in one sense because he's a fixture on our team for so many years. I don't know if he ever got the right amount of credit for the role that he played on these great teams we had in the past, but I wanted to be right by Duncan and f- find him a place that would allow him to be closer to Colton. We were able to do that. I just want to take this time to thank him for all his contributions to the Blackhawks. We're excited for him and wish him the best in Edmonton. So yes, the rumors were true. He wanted to be closer to his son and to spend more time with him. And you know what? There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't find anything wrong with him um, wanting to do that. He gave so much to this team. Uh, you might as well be able to spend the, the last few years of his, uh, of his career uh, close to his son. So we move on to the upcoming draft and free agency. Here is his statement. There is a lot of excitement with our group. We're going to be able to have our staff in town, which is fun. And essentially what he talks about is just having the staff in town uh, going over you know, what, what they want to do, uh, pretty much the logistics of, of what they're doing. The draft is going to be virtual, and but they will all be together to do it virtually uh, this year. Last year, everybody was all spread out, so uh, you know they weren't able to do that. I'm going to skip over uh, over the next section. It talks about their comfort level heading into the second year of the draft. I don't think people really care about that. Um, but they had another. He had a statement on the several members of the Blackhawks staff who are advancing women in hockey being selected to announce the team's eight 2021 draft picks. Here is a statement. That's something I take a lot of pride in. I really do. We looked at where we were a couple of years ago, and we didn't have nearly enough representation in our hockey ops group for, feme- for from females. 
Megan Hunter has been with us the longest and she does everything for us. She she touches every part of our organization and this year she's taking on a new role. In addition to everything she was doing, she became an amateur scout as well. That's something that was fun to see her evolution as an executive to now being a pretty big voice in our scouting group. But it's not just her. We made conscious effort over the last year or two to seek out more women to be a part of our group. They bring so much to the table with their knowledge of the game, and I think it's made us a better staff. That's something that I'm excited about. I'm thrilled that we're having them here to participate in the draft, and this is really just the beginning for me. I've seen the benefits of it, and it's something that I would expect to continue to expand in the coming years. Next statement is on plan, his uh, any plans with the available salary cap and cap space to use. We do have some options, which is great. In the past, I feel like we've been in a different situation relative to the salary cap. Maybe we didn't have as many avenues that we could pursue. Right now, we do have the ability if we want to. That's going to preclude us from doing from uh, that's not going to preclude us from doing anything. We have some flexibility. That was a big part of Duncan Keith's trade. We certainly wanted to put uh, put him in a position that was going to work for him, but the benefit for us was that we were able to get a young defensive defenseman in Caleb Jones that we think has a lot of upside. He's kind of just coming into his own. On top of that, we, we cleared up some cap space. We got another draft pick for next year. I think the trade really served a couple different purposes for us, and it put us in a position here leading into free agency where we're going to be able to pursue some players if it works out. We are also having some trade conversations with teams and we're in a spot where we can maybe do some things relative to the cap. It's true that we have two players in Brent Seabrook and Andrew Shaw that are injured and there's some ability to use long-term injury if we want. That's not always the best approach if you can avoid it. So we're looking at all of our options right now. I think we're positioned pretty well and we head into the next few days here. Now, clearly, I think this is this statement is somewhat about Seth Jones, where he mentions we're in a position here leading into free agency where we're doing we're going to be able to pursue some players. So I think the pursuit is on officially. I, I take that as a as an official uh, pursuit for for Seth Jones, um, and hopefully you know they're they're able to work something out. You know, maybe something you know uh, comparative to the. Um, you know, to the Red Wings' recent trade of Bernier to Bernier to the Carolina Hurricanes for Nedeljkovic. You know, maybe we could send Adam Boquist to Columbus straight up for uh, Seth Jones. Uh, you never know, but I could only hope. His next statement on assets collected over the next year potentially being used to acquire impact players. It's possible. We were certainly looking to collect as many draft picks or young players as possible, and I think we had a pretty good season to be able to do that. We brought in some young players through trade, but we also made some moves where we acquired more draft picks. Looking at our group today, comparing it to our group a year ago, I think we've built out our our asset pool, and at some point, you want to turn those into something else. But it doesn't necessarily have to be now. We're trying to do is assess what's out there in the market. I will say we're not going to just make transactions because we can. We do have an idea. We want to continue to be strategic about these moves that we make. That's going to guide us over the next couple of weeks here. So the next couple of weeks are going to be huge. They're definitely going to be looking to make make some moves. Um, who does it turn into? I don't know. Hopefully, uh, I think everybody wants Seth Jones to be here. I think that he's a great pickup. I, I honestly think that David Sabard would be a great pickup as well. Hopefully both. But um, we'll move on here. 
on the team's top priorities during the offseason. We're trying to continue to push this forward in a couple different areas. If you have a chance to acquire a number one defenseman, you have to look into it, whether it's through free agency or through trade. I say that, but that would have been the case a year ago as well. That's just a critical piece of a team. There's not 32 number one defensemen in the league. I was looking at this yesterday. There's probably 10 or 15, maybe, that really that really categorized as a number one defenseman. It's a very small supply of those, and they don't come often. They don't come available too often. If they do, you have to investigate. Does it work? Could it work? So that's not really anything different today than it would have been two years ago. We're probably positioned a little bit better today, but at the same time, it's very difficult to acquire top defensemen. So that's not our only focus. I think we like our depth on defense. If you look at our group now, we've seen some of our young defensemen take steps forward. Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bowden, and Ian Mitchell. They all show their NHL caliber players. We've added Caleb Jones and Riley Stillman. We have a lot of young defensemen. Even Alec Regula got some time late in the season. I'm feeling pretty good about our depth on defense. I think now what we're trying to do is look up front maybe for some help there. We do have some new players coming back. When I say new, didn't we didn't have Jonathan Taves or Alex Nylander last year. We have Henrik Borgstrom coming in. So we have quite a few players, and now we're trying to sift through that to find out what's best, uh, what's best a combination and mixture for next year. I wouldn't say we have one glaring weakness or one specific area that we're only trying to address. It's more small improvements throughout the lineup. So there's a couple things to talk about here, and I don't know how he can do this with a straight face by uh, mentioning Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bowden, and Ian Mitchell in the same sentence as NHL caliber players. Nicholas Bowden and Ian Mitchell are definitely um, budding uh, NHL caliber players, but I don't find Adam Boquist to be an NHL caliber player, to be 100% completely honest with you. Uh, Riley Stillman is definitely a NHL caliber player. But I I just don't know how he could say something like that. And I don't know how he can mention Jonathan Taves and Alexander ne- Alex Nylander in the same sentence as if Nylander is this huge comp- uh, contributor like Taves is. To be honest with you, hopefully we can get Nylander in this, in this package with Boquist to uh, Columbus to uh, offload him because I honestly think he's dead weight and if he could be taking up a, a roster slot for somebody, somebody better that could be... Could be uh, you know, trying to make the team. Moving on. On if Taves or Nylander will be ready for training camp. Nylander's situation is a little different because he had a surgery. And the return to play protocols for that are a little bit more in stone compared to what Jonathan's been going through. Alex is 100%. He's ready to go. So by training camp, he's training and he's preparing like normal. He'll be ready. Jonathan, we don't know. This is what I have been saying all along. And I know some of the media either don't like what I have, what I was saying or maybe was questioning it. But the truth is we don't know. And Johnny doesn't know how he's going to feel. And none of us have a crystal ball to know how he's going to feel in September. So, here's tra- so he's here training and he's working through getting back to where he can play for us. We'll just take that as it comes though. I don't think we have to try to put any pressure on him being ready for a certain date. We'll just see where it goes. On one year since... <clears throat> You know, maybe they could pull a Tampa Bay and put him on the long-term injury reserve, let him practice for the whole freaking year, and then I'll bring him in for the playoffs if we make it. Moving on. On one year since rebuild was announced, roster changes since and if they've been expedited to return to a playoff team. 
We're still building. I think there's a temptation to try to label where we are in that progression. Of course, the reason we're putting all this work in is we want to be a playoff team. We want to win. We want to have that excitement of being a top team. We're not where we want to be, but it does take a process to get there. I think we're well into that process. As far as the next steps, we need to continue on the path that we're on, which is giving our young players an opportunity. That's what we talk a lot through. Going back to last October was really giving them a chance to show us what they can do as well as take the next step in their career. And if we have enough of the young players taking small steps, then our team should be taking small steps as well. If you have an opportunity throughout the th- throughout to then accelerate that progress, of course we want to do that. We've been doing that over the last few months, having conversations, trying to see if there is a way to make this go quicker. I think the challenge there is you don't want to do things that are maybe irresponsible to just quicken the process. We're committed with where we're headed, with trying to build things up. If we can take that a step forward, whether it's in the next couple of weeks, couple months, or during the season, if we have the ability to make a transaction that's going to accelerate our progress, we're certainly going to approach that. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I think it's funny how he says, I think the challenge is you don't want to do things that are maybe irresponsible just to quicken the process. Like what they did with Kirby Doc this year, by hurrying him along, he wasn't ready to come back and he started having wrist pain during the season and you could tell because he couldn't even win a face-off. And so, so they need to start you know, do, you know, know, doing what they say and not what they preach because um, – you know, they, they did hurry Kirby Doc along, and it, to be honest with you, it upset me. This kid has a bright future, and uh, they they heard him along for, I, I believe, absolutely no reason whatsoever. But these are my personal feelings, and uh, these are statements from Stan Bowman. Um, you know, I, I really wish this allegation, these allegation investigations would really get going, and, and we can find a solution to it because, you know, it's a huge dark cloud hovering over the organization and it just sucks it sucks as a, as a fan that you know i love the team so much but the the, the management is just infuriating uh, to me but i guess there's nothing we can do and wait till the end of the investigation and see what happens so i guess we'll take it from there so guys hit me up on twitter let me know what you think about stan bowman's comments um share it uh you know ask your friends let, let me know what they think and uh, and give us uh, a response and let me know what uh, you know, what's going on with this guy or what you think is going on with this guy, what the Blackhawks should do and their path moving forward. And, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. But I really appreciate everybody listening, everyone that is uh, new listeners, old listeners, um, everybody that, you know, that that sends us messages and, and talks to us. It's great. We love it. Thank you very, very much. Keep listening and uh, keep supporting us. This is the Tomahawk and we're out. <laughs>